Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. It is a privilege to be in the house of God and everyone said, Amen, Amen. Amen. And um, it is awesome and we will continue, as Sam said, to worship God and gather together um, and be the church regardless of what's going on. Um, Amen. Nothing will stop us from lifting up the name of Jesus and doing it together. The Apostle Paul said, don't forsake the gathering of the saints in the end times, as has become the habit of some. Let's go home. No, I am so privileged and honored to be able to share the word this morning, and it's my first opportunity to share the word in the new year, 2021. Here we are, and our theme uh, for the next few weeks is New Horizons. And our global senior pastor, Mark Ramsey, felt so strongly, and he just said, it's New Horizons. We're going to talk about taking new ground. We're going to talk about seeing things in, the th- in God. And, and so, so we're talking about New Horizons. And as Sam mentioned, you know, in, um, in the last six-month period since we reopened the doors in July... We've seen, as this one location, we have seen more families join the church in that six-month period than we ever have in any six-month period before. We've also seen more people make decisions to follow Christ in that six-month period than we ever have in any six-month period. So it's actually quite remarkable. And as Sam was saying... You know, we always say those sort of statistics are evidence of the fact that people are searching. And maybe you're one of them. Maybe you're sitting here and I'm telling everybody your story. And you're one of those new families or you're one of those decisions. And we celebrate you. And so we often say, you know, that that's evidence that people are searching. But God has actually just whispered to me in the last fortnight, no, Carolina, there's there's another layer to that. Not only are they searching, it also means that they're finding. Isn't that awesome, church? Isn't that awesome? If you've been here longer than six months, those ones have come into your presence and found what they're looking for. And then it's up to us, isn't it, to steward that, to love them, to engage with them, to disciple And so this morning, as we're talking about New Horizons and where we're going, and I sort of reflected on the amazing growth we've seen, and God is bringing people in, and His presence is here, and and answers are being met, and His presence is being felt, I thought, you know, there there is a word in this season on how do we do this year, and uh A bit about me, many of you know that when I was about 11 years old, my family broke down. And my mum and my stepdad are here, and mum actually became a Christian through that season. And and so she became a Christian. We got born again into a church that was called Christian Family Centre in Sumner Park on the western suburbs of Brisbane. And our pastors were this beautiful couple, Ian and Naeus Grant, and they were the best pastors ever. And I remember that as a young girl, I was about 12 years old, and I remember that feeling of coming alive. And, you know, you'll remember that. Maybe it was last week, maybe it was 20 years ago or more, that moment where you came alive, where you breathed your first, so to speak. You were born again, and you saw everything of the kingdom for the first time. 
the first time, and I remember watching Ian and Naeus, and I remember modeling my life of their wisdom and of their, the way they were doing things, and I saw it was a season of firsts, everything for the first time, and I was so alive. And I remember just then, you know, through the course of life and different things, that I had walked away from God, and I was 18 years old when I found myself in the auditorium of City Point Church down in the Carindale location on a Sunday night service. And this time, I came alive again. I had walked away, but in that night, God brought me into the auditorium, and I heard Mark speak, and I came alive again. And, and now I was in this again, reconnected, and I was seeing everything for the second time. Seeing everything for the second time. But both times, God did it. Both times, God did it. And the title of my message this morning is, God did this. Can you say that with me? God did this. God did this. I had another title in the 830 service and I changed it. So the title of my message in this service is, God did this. And it comes out of our key scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says this, verse 18. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. I want to read that again so we can receive the gravity of those words. In fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Can you say God did this? God did this. And so that's our main scripture. The second one is a bit longer, a passage out of Romans, and Paul is writing to the Roman church. In chapter 11, verse 17, he says, however, some of the branches have been pruned away, and you, who were once nothing more than a wild olive branch in the desert, God has grafted in, inserting you among the remaining branches as a joint partner to share in the wonderful richness of the cultivated vine. So don't be so arrogant as to believe that you are superior to the natural branches. There's no reason to boast. For the new branches don't support the root, but you owe your life to the root that supports you. You might begin to think that some branches were pruned or broken off just to make room for you. Yes, that's true. They were removed because of their unbelief. But remember this, you're only attached by your faith. So don't be presumptuous, but stand in awe and reverence. Since God didn't spare the natural branches that fell into unbelief, perhaps he won't spare you either. <laughs> so fix your gaze on the simultaneous kindness and the strict justice of God. How severely he treated those who fell into unbelief, yet how tender and kind he is in relationship with you. So keep on trusting in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. So firstly, I just want to say, we're all, every single one of us, when we make a decision for Christ, we're responding to his grafting. He is grafting us into Christ. All of us are grafted into Christ. But this morning, I want to talk about being grafted into the body of Christ. I want to talk about our connection to the body of Christ. As we go into new horizons, and as our church continues to grow, 
What does it mean to be in the body of Christ? And it says there that in verse, in the first verse, it says the, the reason for it is to share in the wonderful richness of the cultivated vine. He grafts us in to bless us. But today, what does it mean? When I look into my 2021, what does it mean to be connected here to City Point Redcliffe? What does it mean to, to acknowledge that God did this? God brought me here. And there's two groups of people that I want to speak to. And the first one is a little bit different to the grafting. The first one is that fresh shoot that comes off the branch. The fresh shoot that is generated by the branch. The ones that were like me that see it for the first time. The first time, a fresh shoot. A fresh shoot, like me with Ian and Naeus. When I think of these ones, I think of beautiful Belle who's sitting here on the front row. I think of her and Josh, and they, Belle came in and she came alive. In fact, the ones who open or keep the doors open when our premier says we can't have services are Belle and Josh. Every time the mandate comes out that we have to shut down our services, Belle sends us a text and says, Pastor Sam, would you like me to be there and keep the doors open and turn the coffee machine on? Why? because it was Belle who wandered in off the street and someone met her at the door. She understands the value of the open door. And so now, not on her watch, is that door ever going to be shut on a Sunday. And so this is the thing, is these new shoots that come alive and it's amazing to watch this happen, these new shoots and they grow and they gain strength. And you know what's required? If you're a new shoot, if you came in last year or any time and you came alive for the first time and you're seeing things for the first time, in order for you to continue to grow is a spirit of teachability. It's a spirit of accountability. It's a spirit of innocence and a spirit of learning. It's a season of firsts. It's a season of leaning into the firsts. Teachability. The humility that's required to be teachable in order to grow. In order to continue to grow. I'm a new shoot. I'm developing, learning, and I'm growing under your care and your direction. I'm gaining strength. I remember sitting under Ian and Naeus and just receiving everything I could as, as, as I was growing developing habits and patterns and norms and learning everything for the first time. These are new growth. And I want to say these ones are the easiest ones to pastor and lead because they're so hungry. Their hearts are captivated and they can't get enough. They can't get enough. So this is you. You know, act out of a spirit of teachability and lean in here. Lean in. Connect. Learn, glean, ask questions. Life groups, Pastor Nicola, yes. Join a life group, ask questions, connect. Get on board with what we're doing as a church. We don't do these things just because we've got nothing else to do. We do it with a heart to see the church strengthen, to see the church be who she needs to be in the earth. And I want to tell you, we're reading the Chronological Bible. We started on January 1st. And I can tell you from my notifications on social media and from my text messages and emails that the ones who have bought into this the most are the new shoots. 
The ones who are on board more than anyone else are the new shoots, the ones that are going, I need more, I'm hungry, I'm with you. If you're a new shoot, lean in, apply that spirit of teachability, mentorship, discipleship, serving. Serving is a great way to gain strength. If you're a mature Christian, maybe you're like me, maybe you can admit that you grew through serving. Anyone else? Right? Serving is a great way to grow. Serving is a great way to learn. Serving is a great way to strengthen who you are. So I want to encourage you, if you are new growth, commit to your own personal growth. Commit to growth mode. It's intentional. And I want to tell you, for a long time, it may feel like, (laughs) am I ever going to catch up with anyone else? I remember this as a new Christian going, am I ever going to catch up? For a long time, it's going to be an intentional thing rather than an instinct. But keep at it. Commit. Commit to growth mode. Commit to that hunger. Stir that hunger. Stir that fire. And do whatever you can to keep growing. The second group of people are the ones who are grafted into the body. These are the ones who, like me, when I was grafted into a new church with Mark and Lee Ramsey, I had already seen it once. I wasn't new growth. I was an established branch being grafted in to a vine. And so I'd seen it all before. I was now seeing it a second time. And when I think of these ones, I think of Evangeline, who's sitting on the front row over here. I think of um, Barry and Charmaine, who are running our life groups. I think of Dan and Anne, who run Kingdom Builders, who have come into the church And they've run churches, they've run big business, they've run ministries, and they're far further ahead than I am, and they know infinitely more than I do. (laughs) And yet they choose to be grafted in here. They choose to be here, and they're such a blessing. I want to share something, I guess, a little bit personal, a bit very special with you this morning. Um, Some of you may know that I'm writing a book that's due to be released, praise the Lord, hopefully, in March this year. It's currently at the typesetters. And um, this book is actually, I've got the manuscript here, version 7. This book is actually co-authored with Mark Ramsey, our global senior pastor. And I want to read you the foreword, the prologue out of this book that I, I wrote this part. When I was 18 years old, I walked into City Point Church for the first time. It was a big place and I wanted to remain another face in the crowd. I was a broken, upside-down girl searching for meaning. Pastor Mark Ramsey preached that night. I came back the following week and every week since then. I found healing quietly hidden among the crowd. Eventually, I signed up to the choir and joined a small group where I would meet my husband, Sam. At the age of 19, I was surprised to hear from Pastor Mark's assistant. I was invited to give the offering message in the Sunday services. Apparently, word had reached him that I'd done a good job speaking in the youth ministry where Sam and I were serving as volunteers, and he put my name on the preaching roster for Sunday. Since that time, Pastor Mark has drawn potential out of me. He has identified gifting in me that I didn't know was there. He has defended me, opened doors for me, invited my input and celebrated me beyond any expectation I could have held for myself. He has been the greatest of leaders. It's been 20 years since that first night at City Point Church. 
Sam and I now lead one of our locations in our multi-site church. Sam and I raised four children. We have trained and released countless leaders and pastors. I have thrived and seen others thrive. And we've been encouraged and released time and time again to step into the call of God on our lives. There's a synergy that happens when the generations understand the dynamic nature of interconnectedness. We see it all the way through scripture. Ruth and Naomi were mutually and exceedingly blessed through their commitment and loyalty to one another's success, as were Paul and Timothy, Moses and Joshua, and many, many others. The principle is this. There is a spiritual and generational transference that takes place when fathers and sons, mothers and daughters fight for each other. The kingdom of heaven is a generational one. It requires a resolve to loyalty and it is a pathway to blessing. I once heard a statement that has held me in true stead. There's something wrong with your character if opportunity controls your loyalty. Never in a million years did I expect to be co-authoring this book with a man I heard preach all those years ago. I often say God was kind when he led me into the auditorium that night. I do not take lightly the care that pastors Mark and Lee Ramsey have given me and my family, the room they have made, and the pride they have shown in Sam and I. I am keenly aware of the trust and faith they've sown into the soil of my life and the risk they took on this girl. They created a space for me. Sitting in their shade allowed me to heal and hope again, or maybe for the first time, I'm not sure. Over time, I gained courage to speak, and they allowed me to weigh in. Surprised to be called out of the shadows and given a voice, standing by their side allowed me to dare to dream again, or maybe for the first time, I'm not sure. They allowed me to learn at my own pace, and they trusted that process. As I stepped into greater measures of the potential being drawn out of me, I found a deeper and deeper call to lead. Church, there's something powerful about fighting for each other. Something powerful when we realize the blessing that comes from interconnectedness. And when we realize God did this. Is Mark Ramsey perfect? Unlikely. Would I do things differently sometimes? Maybe. Does any of that actually matter? No. Because God did this. God brought me into that family. It has nothing to do with a brand. There's nothing to do with a logo and everything to do with the fact that God in his kindness and his sovereignty has decided to put the body together exactly as he wants it. Can you say it with me? God did this. Oh, you're not so confident now. God did this. In his infinite kindness, each one of those 55 families that connected to our church responded to the work of God. Every single one of the hands that goes up and the decisions that are made to follow Christ is a response to the work of God. God did it. God did this. And you know, just as the spirit of teachability is required for a new growth, 
for the ones of us who get grafted in, it requires a spirit of agreement. A spirit of agreement, of unity, of intentionality. I'm an established branch being connected to you. There was a cutting. There was a loss. I remember when Ian Aeneas moved to Melbourne, that was a very painful time for me to lose that, to be cut from that. But, you know, that often there's a cutting away, there's a loss, there's a separation, there's a pain, and then there's a binding together. It's a deliberate, intentional, often awkward experience. Things seem foreign for a really long time because they're different to the way you saw it the first time. But God did this. But God did this. Some of the worst things we can say is, oh, but we always used to. If God has grafted you in, we have to ask why. Why? And it's a spirit of agreement. Initially, I'm going to be different to you. But I trust the gardener and I choose a spirit of agreement. Now, I was raised in Brisbane suburbs. I'm not a gardener, I'm not a horticulturist, I have no idea. So, I asked Google, why on earth would you even graft? Why would you graft a plant, all right? So just entertain me for those of you who are now rolling your eyes internally at me. And so I asked Google, what is the purpose of grafting? And one of the definitions said this, one of the most common reasons for grafting is to create a plant that produces flowers, desirable flowers or fruits, listen, while also being more tolerant of adverse conditions. The two pieces may be paired together to accelerate through the plant's life cycle and allow it to bear fruit much sooner than a specimen grown from a seed. So the purpose of grafting is twofold. It's quicker and more plentiful fruit and a stronger plant. So if you're an existing branch being grafted into our family here, God, the gardener, expects you to create much, much fruit around here and for you to bring strength and be strengthened. And it just fast-tracks everything. Church, I want to tell you, we exist in this community to bring an impact. And so when God grafts people in, I want to tell you, there's nothing especially different about me as the leader except that God's decided that Sam and I should lead this. And so I stand back and I watch God graft people in. I watch it because I'm like, God, you're doing this. You're building your church. If you're bringing Evangeline in with that gift set, there must be a reason for that. If you're bringing in, you know, Barry and Charmaine with that gift set, there must be a reason. And the purpose for it is multiplied fruit much quicker and a stronger plant. A stronger plant. I want to show you some images of a grafting process. (laughs) So the one in the middle is this, um, a diagrammatic illustration of there's a cutting that's, that's made and then this branch, there's an incision and this branch is put in there. And um, let's just go to the next slide, a few more images so you can see how that kind of takes place. This one on the end, how painful does that look? But let's go back to the other image. I love these two images on the outside because they're so unattractive. They're so awkward. I mean, look at that. How gross is that? How unattractive is that? That's an ugly plant. That's a weird looking 
mutant plant. And then this one on the other side, okay, come on, let's be real. If you've ever been grafted and you're committed because you love Jesus, you know that Jesus, the master gardener, is like, you are going to be grafted in here. It's like this intentionality. You can see the gardener's force. It's like, this is what the plant needs. This is what you need. And these images actually show us a true picture of what it is to be grafted into the body of Christ. There's an awkwardness for a time. But, you know, it says in that passage in Romans that we become partners so that we can draw from the richness of the vine. But, you know, in this grafting process, we start as partners and we become family. We become brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and sons and daughters. What starts as partnership becomes family. And it's the spirit of agreement that is an amazing blessing. And it works both ways. It goes up and it goes down. It works for the vine and it works for the branch. It's an interconnectedness of blessing for the purpose of accelerated, more plentiful fruit and a stronger plant. That's the purpose, the plant established in this reason, in this region. You know, the grafting is bigger than you and me individually. It's even bigger than the church. It's God's plan, his covenant in our generation. We have to trust God did this. You know, I also want to say that the vine will remain. It said in Romans, it said there you shouldn't get it out of sorts. The, the root isn't supported by the branches. The branches are supported by the root. And so when we're grafted in, I know I had to with Mark and Lee, and I did it willingly. I had to come into a spirit of agreement and understand whatever it is that I brought to the table as weird as I might look on the plant because I'm a bit different, God intended me to be there, but I'm supported by the plant, not the other way around. And I bring something to the overall. I'm a part of something, and God did this. God placed the parts in the body, every one of them, as he wanted them to be. It's intentional agreement. I need to understand the dynamic at play here, my part in the overall. The 21st of December, as this revelation kind of settled in my spirit after many months of praying it through and learning about it, I wrote this down on the 21st of December in my journal. I reflected on the ones in our church family who have been grafted in, ones with experience and previous wisdom and and what I've learned from them. What do they say or do? And I wrote down a few things. You know, my experience has been that they're supportive in prayer and strategy and wisdom. They're generous in their time and resource. They cover and they fiercely protect. I have felt the protection of these ones as their spirit of agreement covers us. And they receive blessing and nourishment in return. It is such a humbling thing for Sam and I to hear these wise, mature ones say, I am so blessed for being connected to you. It's a powerful thing that works both ways. It's a powerful thing, the interconnectedness and generational blessing when fathers and mothers, daughters and sons commit to each other. And number three, regardless of whether you're new growth like Belle or you're grafted in like Evangeline, 
The truth is, when you're connected to the vine, you're going to grow. When you truly connect yourself to the vine, there's no other way in the kingdom of God but strength and growth. The only way this can go wrong, and I do see this as a pastor, is when the branch or the growth tries to pull itself away. But as long as you're committed, as long as you're connected, you're going to grow. It's God's plan in this generation, is connection to the people of God, the body of Christ, you will grow. So point number three, blessed by association. You know, I, um, I was often as a young person told that people thought they were older, that, that I was older than I actually was, which is cool when you're 20 and people think you're 25, right? Except when you're 35 and people think you're 40. And the reason for it is because I've always associated with people older than me. So all my friends were turning 40 when I was like 30 or 35. And so everyone thought I was 40. And when your husband's six years older than you and he's 40 something and you're really not 40 anything. (laughs) But everyone thinks you are. It's this guilty by association thing. And it's the same in the family of God. We are blessed by association. We're blessed by association. I want to tell you, church, people should be more blessed as a result of being around you. People should be getting stronger and more blessed because of their connection to you. And on the flip side, I want to tell you, when you come in, you will get stronger. You will become blessed because it's the plan of God in the earth. Get with me and you'll get blessed. God said to Abraham, the father of our faith, at the very beginning of the story in Genesis 12 verse 2, I will make you, Abraham, into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. You will be blessed. You'll be a blessing to others. You will be blessed to be a blessing. We're reading the chronological Bible. And uh, this morning you would have read something around Joseph's life and meeting his brothers again for the second time. But as we're reading the chronological Bible, I'm amazed at this principle, is we see Lot, this young man, who's blessed just because he hangs around Abraham. Not because he's any good himself, because we see him leave Abraham and he loses everything. He's blessed when he's connected to Abraham. And then we move on and we see sneaky Laban, right? Who remembers Laban? Sneaky Laban. He gets blessed because of his son-in-law, Isaac. And then second time around, Laban gets a second round of blessing when he's connected to his um, nephew, Jacob. He gets blessing. Everything starts to multiply, his flocks, his wealth, because he's connected to Isaac and then Jacob. And we see Joseph, which we're reading about now, where he, um, Potiphar is blessed because Joseph's around. And we see all the way through the Bible that connection to the people of God brings blessing. It brings blessing. And so in Genesis 39, let me read it to you about Joseph. 39 verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed, Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant, He put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's house 
for Joseph's sake. Being connected to the vine, to God's family, we are blessed. And people flourish when they connect here. It's blessing by association, increasing, becoming more resistant to adverse conditions, becoming stronger and more fruitful. Do you know, Sam and I live under this conviction that the sign of a healthy church in a community is the regeneration of the whole community. It's more than just a hand in the air and a sinner's prayer. It's regeneration economically, in the family unit, in employment. Every person who connects to Christ receives salvation. They receive redemption eternally. But in this life, they also are blessed. Church, this is not a handout. A handout is too easy. This is a hand up. And as being connected to the church family, we are transformed and blessed. And the church is about reforming culture through the narrative of transformation in individual lives. The world around us is impacted as people come in, find Christ, and grow in him. There is a blessing that takes place in the family of God. We were given a word by the Spirit many, many years ago that Sam and Carolina, we've, we've been called as City Point Redcliffe to break the back of poverty in our region. And I'm not just talking about material poverty, I'm talking about spiritual poverty. And so when people come in, dysfunction should slowly fall off their lives. They should grow in the things of God and it should impact their finances, their relationships, their education, their living conditions, their employment status, just like Lot who was attached to Abraham, just like Laban who was attached to Jacob, just like Potiphar who hung around Joseph. Anyone who's around us is blessed by association. And I want to promise you that, church. When we do that, there is a blessing. My life is a testimony to that. My mum's life is a testimony to that. Commitment to the family of God, the body of Christ, brings growth and blessing and transformation. Thank you for listening. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We encourage you to tell someone about your decision and pray and read the Bible every day. We also recommend attending a church in your local area. We have many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We are so excited to see you there.